Hello, and welcome to Engage with Eagle Forum, a podcast to encourage the modern day woman in her vital role in shaping society. I'm your host, Tabitha Walter, the political director of Eagle Forum, and I'm joined by our executive director, Kirsten Hassler. Hi, everyone. This is our last episode of season two, but it's on a note that 2022. Supreme Court is deciding on a case called Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization that has the potential of stopping abortions past 15 weeks gestation, a point in a baby's growth where they can actually feel pain. The court has heard oral arguments and we can expect a ruling in June of 2022. While we would love to see all abortion restrictions eradicated. This would be a step in the right direction and hopefully set up cases in the future to restrict abortion even more. Right. Now, there are a lot of questions surrounding this case, like, will this overturn Roe versus Wade? How is this different from the Texas heartbeat bill? What happens to abortion law if this is upheld? That's why we brought on Family Policy Alliance's Autumn Leva. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Autumn is an attorney and senior vice president of strategy at Family Policy Alliance. She has spent the last decade advocating for families at both the state and national levels of government and from both within and outside the government. In her role, Autumn leads the teams that collaborate with state and national allies to advance or defeat legislation that directly impacts families, develop comprehensive policy, elections, communications, and grassroots mobilization strategy micro-target key voters to impact critical elections, equip the grassroots to engage on policy and political issues that matter to families, and train and support elected leaders who advocate for families in the mission field of public office. Autumn has previously served as Minnesota Family Council's Director of Policy and Communication, and has developed policy from within government as a legislative and executive assistant to a U.S. Congressman from Colorado. Autumn and her husband, who is also an attorney, live in Colorado with their full of personality toddler and golden retriever. Welcome to the podcast, Autumn. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be with you both. (laughs) So to begin, Autumn, can you please just give us an overview of the Dobbs case? Absolutely. Well, the Dobbs case, of course, is the big pro-life case that everybody's watching right now. And it really started in uh, at the state level in the state of Mississippi in 2018. They enacted a ban on abortion at the at about the 15 week mark of gestation. Um, now, we know based on science that that's around the point where uh, babies can feel pain in the womb. The pain indicators are present. We know that later term abortions like 15 weeks and later are very risky to the woman. And so the state uh, really wanted to protect women. They wanted to protect life. It was within their purview to do so. So they enacted this 15 week ban. And of course, one day later, uh, the state's only abortion facility that remained in the state of Mississippi filed a lawsuit. It's claiming that this was unconstitutional, that it violates the right to abortion. apparently made up by the Supreme Court in the Roe v. Wade decision that's sort of been this black mark on our country for the past several decades. Um, And now the case has worked its way up to the Supreme Court. And what's unique about this case, and I think that's why we're talking about it today, that's why so many people are really watching to see what the court does, is because this is the first case really where the court has an opportunity to reconsider a lot of its legal precedent that has centered around the issue of viability and when a baby is viable outside the womb. 
Now, of course, when Roe v. Wade came across in 1973, we didn't have ultrasound technology. We didn't have a lot of the science that we have now. And babies now are surviving at 22 weeks. I just saw an article about a baby surviving at 21 weeks outside the womb. Um, so technology is making things more and more advanced. It's enabling lives to survive outside the womb younger and younger. And so I think everyone is hoping in the pro-life movement that the court will recognize that and that their viability jurisprudence is no longer correct and hoping that they will really reconsider Roe v. Wade and hopefully overturn Roe, as, as I said, as being a black mark on the country for so long, taking, uh, what are we at, over 62 million American lives. Um, and so that's what we're all watching. That's what we're all hoping and praying for as we watch the Supreme Court and wait for the decision in June. Mm. Yeah, that 62 million is really, uh, it really pings my heart. It's hard. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of this conversation does center around what you said, viability. And so that, that's a hard thing for the courts to decide. But there is also another case at the Supreme Court right now. It's called, uh, it, it's based on the Texas heartbeat bill. And this restricts abortions after the heartbeat is detective. Can you give us kind of the difference between that case and the Dobbs case? Absolutely. Well, there's, there's a couple differences, obviously, just in the level of restriction that the states are attempting to place on abortion. So in the Mississippi case, as we mentioned, that's a regulation on abortion at around 15 weeks. In Texas, what they did was they said, you know, a heartbeat is a universal indicator of life. And so therefore our state is going to value life and we're going to regulate and ban abortions after a heartbeat can be detected, which is typically around five to six weeks of gestation. Um, now what normally happens, and this is what's different with the, with the Texas law and our, our friends and allies at Texas Values worked really hard on this to craft this law differently, is that whenever a state has enacted a heartbeat law, immediately the abortion lobby files lawsuit the, and the law is blocked from going into effect because of Roe v. Roe v. Wade usually saying that you're restricting a woman's quote unquote right to abortion. Well, what the, what the state of Texas did is they got around that by in, enlisting a different form of, of enforcement for this law. And so they brought in uh, civil enforcement through the people of Texas. So it gave citizens in Texas, really anyone in the state of Texas, the right to sue if an, if an abortionist violates the heartbeat law. So if an abortionist performs an abortion and aborts a baby who is who has a detectable fetal heartbeat, then someone, anyone in the state of Texas can sue. And what that does is it prevents the court um, or, or the state or any government actor from really getting involved in the enforcement of the law. So no one can say that there's a, a violation of a right when the government isn't doing anything to enforce the law. It's the private citizens who are taking action. So what the court is and has been considering with the Texas heartbeat law is really whether that civil enforcement mechanism is something that is, is workable and is okay. There's a lot of uh, debate about that, as you might imagine. On the other hand, with the Dobbs case and the case coming from Mississippi, what the court is really doing is looking at um, the regulation itself and whether or not they want to reconsider their viability jurisprudence and whether or not um, the 15-week ban should stay in place. So it's not about enforcement on Mississippi. They're looking at the merits of an abortion law itself. So, so would it be fair to say that 
the Dobbs case is uh, more about the life aspect as far as viability. And then the Texas heartbeat bill case is more about um, how to prosecute those who maybe go against a, a state law. I think that's exactly right. Uh, and, you know, as you, as you think about it, if the court strikes down the Texas heartbeat law because they say that a civil enforcement mechanism isn't workable for whatever reason, they won't even have to touch whether or not abortion is a good thing or a bad thing. They won't even be talking about whether or not abortions should or should not be banned at the point at which a fetal heartbeat is detected. Whereas with the Dobbs case out of Mississippi, absolutely, you're, you're entirely right. They will be looking at the issue of life itself and at the actual ban on abortion at 15 weeks. And of course, we, we hope and pray that the court will um, uphold the 15-week law as well as um, overturn Roe v. Wade. So um, you just ended on Roe v. Wade. And, and before, you kind of said that Roe established a quote-unquote right to abortion. Can you talk a little bit about why you put that in quotes? And then also, does Dobbs have the potential to actually overturn Roe? Those are great questions, and I think they're ones that that really everybody is asking. So um, first of all, the quote-unquote right to abortion from Roe versus Wade Hopefully most people know, but it's not like our constitution says in it that there is a constitutional right to abortion in the United States of America. It never has, and prayerfully, it never will. Um, but what the court did in 1973 in the case of Roe versus Wade was they sort of made up a constitutional right to abortion that doesn't exist. They said that it's found somewhere in, in this right to privacy um, that they also found in the constitution. And so um, it doesn't it doesn't actually exist, it's legally made up. And so when that happens, the court can actually overturn its own precedent and say, hey, we got it wrong. We were wrong on the science, we were wrong on the morality. And we believe that there is, there is a right to life for every American, no matter how young or old that they are um, or what condition that they're in. And that's of course what we hope that they will do. Um, and to your second question, is, is Dobbs a case that could actually overturn Roe? Yes, and that's why it's getting so much attention, and that's what we're hoping and praying for. Uh, we want to see Roe overturned, and as, as I mentioned, this is the first case where they can really take a look at that viability jurisprudence that they've relied on for so many years, saying, well, there's a right to abortion unless, unless the baby's viable outside the womb, and then you can regulate it more. Um, but that's, that's what we hope the court will look at and say no. Um, this was wrong. We got it wrong with Roe versus Wade. The Mississippi 15-week ban can stay in place and also states you have the right to determine that there is a right to life in your state and you can regulate abortion. And then the issue would return to the states for consideration, most likely. And I think yeah. that's an important point to remember is that if Roe is overturned, then the issue goes back to the states. Yeah. Right. On, on that note, so what does that look like if hypothetically, if Dobbs is upheld and it goes back to the states, um, obviously that means that abortion still exists in certain states, but now what are the states free to do? That's a great question. Now, of course, ultimately, I think all of us um, on, this, on this podcast and all of the listeners, hopefully, and all of our constituents at Family Policy Alliance, we want to see a a recognized right to life, a God-given right to life recognized in all of American law and our constitution and beyond. 
Um, but that's probably not as far as the Supreme Court's going to go. Most people think that if the court does overturn Roe v. Wade in the Dobbs case, what they will do is return the issue of abortion back to the states. And that means it's really up to the states to protect the lives in their state. That means, and I think this is super important, that means that your pro-life vote matters more than it ever has. It means that the laws that are passed to protect life or take life away in your state matter more than they ever have. And it means that your lawmakers are more accountable for the lives that they protect or the lives that they take more than they ever have, because nobody can sort of just, um, on either side of the debate, nobody can just stand out there and say, uh, well, Roe v. Wade is out there, there's a right to abortion, and so that's the end of the story. No, no, that's not the case anymore. Now, every state has a very real responsibility to protect life, and lives are literally in the hands of those state lawmakers. And so I think what that means for all of us in the pro-life movement is that we have to be even more engaged. We have to be even more ready to protect life in our states because we have the, a greater opportunity to do so without this shadow of Roe v. Wade looming behind us. Yeah, and it's been a very big shadow for a long time. So speaking of life after Roe, Family Policy Alliance has done a lot to provide resources to people after Roe is overturned, hopefully. So can you talk a little bit about those efforts and what that looks like? Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you for the opportunity to talk about that. Family Policy Alliance, and we did not do this alone. We did it with a whole bunch of allies in the states and nationally, launched a new campaign called After Row. And it's exactly what you just mentioned, Kirsten. It's talking about what happens after Roe and that there is life after Roe. We have a vision for an even more pro-life America, um, but what what it's going to take is a lot of work. And so what we've done is, first of all, anybody who goes to afterrow.com can click on their state and find out if the court overturns Roe v. Wade, what does the law look like in my state? Because some states have already done a lot of great pro-life work, and they will most likely be able to ban nearly all abortions in their state and protect every life. That is huge. They're already a, a long ways away down, long, long way down the road of protecting life. Other states, their laws will be, uh, will stay just as pro-abortion as they have been right now. And so they're going to take a lot of effort to get them closer down the road of protecting life and every state in between. Um, it really ru runs the gamut. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, and also we know that the abortion lobby is going to work very, very hard to try to take out all of the good pro-life laws and defend all of the pro-abortion laws that are in place um, as soon as that happens. So we've got a lot of work to do on the legal front, but we really wanna make sure that people know what their state looks like. So you can click on your state and find out what life looks like after Roe in your state. Uh, but also we are encouraging people to go deeper, dig deeper. And we highlight the work of a lot of wonderful pro-life allies who are doing important work that has to be done if we're going to protect lives across the state. We have to, we have to give more uh, protection to mothers and their babies. We have to provide more services. We have to get more involved in that, that part of the fight too. We have to ramp up adoption and foster care systems and make them more family friendly. Um, we have to pass laws that are more and more pro-life. So there's a lot of work that can be done. There's a lot of allies in the fight. And we really wanted to highlight what other groups are doing and how people can get involved in other ways. Mm -hmm. And then finally, um, I think the last part of the After Row uh, campaign that we launched really goes to the heart of what you have been talking with me about today. And that is 
um, where did Roe come from? Why did it come down the way it did? Where did this constitutional right to abortion come from? Um, and what can we do about it? And what's the vision for the future? How do we move forward now? Um, so it paints that picture as well. And we would encourage all of you to be part of the After Roe movement at afterroe.com. That's awesome. I, I love that so much because it it has, you know, an action point for all of us to take. And even though Chris and I do a lot of federal work, um, we, you know, we're still residents of Virginia and Autumn, you're a resident of Colorado. And so there's still that other layer of, hey, I want to protect the lives of people where I live. I want my community to be as pro-life as possible. And and that's the biggest influence that I can make because of my proximity. And so I hope our listeners are really encouraged to, um, to go onto your website and to gather all those resources and then um, grab arms with someone who is pro-life as well and, and march forward. So thank you so much, Autumn, for that. I agree with you, Tabitha, 100%. And, and Autumn, I love what you said about being more intentional about actually putting a stake in um, voting for pro-life politicians. I mean, just this past September, the House voted on a bill which would establish a right to uh, um, abortion through a legis- through the legislative um, through the legislative branch. So this fight isn't going anywhere, and it's just a reminder that even if Roe does get overturned. It's, we are going to have to continue to fight for the life of all the unborn children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll underscore what Tabitha said as well, um, because what happens in the states really does trickle up to the federal level too. So if the states are being bold and passing stronger and stronger pro-life prov- provisions and taking a strong stand for life in their state saying, no, I will protect the, the youngest lives in my state, that is going to have an impact up at the federal level. Washington, D.C. can't ignore that, uh, especially the more states that get involved in the fight for life. And so what happens in each state, what we do as individual pro-lifers matters at the state level and it matters at the federal level even more than, than it ever has really once Roe v. Wade is gone. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Autumn, for spending some time with us and delving into this issue. We hope we can celebrate a win with you in June. We are praying for one. And if you are listening to our podcast, you can sign up for our emails at Family Policy Alliance and at Eagle Forum to stay up to date on this ruling. Also, be sure to subscribe with our podcast, share with your friends, and leave us a review. You can find us on all the major social media outlets and at engagewitheagleforum.com. From your house to the state house to the White House, this is Engage with Eagle Forum.